The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Tips for winning your NCAA tournament pool and how far could the Wolverines go? We will discuss that and more next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Here's Clark. Hey, hey, they said you can't beat Ohio State. Now what? Brady gets terrific. Present and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembechler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming, second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan Go Blue, I'm Steve Dace, and welcome to another edition of Michigan Podcast. Yes, the Wolverines made it. Yes, they're not even playing in Dayton in the first four. Yes, I even think they got a favorable draw. They get to play a game just a few hours away from Ann Arbor and Indianapolis and in a place that their fans are used to traveling to here in the last year. But we'll get to all of that here in just a few minutes. Let us begin with an annual rite of passage. So over the last five years, I began working the system I'm about to share with you. And this system has had me four of the last five years finish in the top 1% in the nation at ESPN.com. And the one year I didn't finish in the top 1%, I finished in the top 2%. Eight of the last 10 teams to play for the national championship over the last five years, I correctly predicted, which means every one of the last five years, I got at least one of the final two teams correct. What is this system? 
I will share it with you now. 12 tips to winning your NCAA tournament bracket. Here's the very first. No team that lost its first game in its conference tournament has ever gone on to win the NCAA tournament. So this year, eliminate these 11 teams in the field from winning it all on your bracket. Auburn, Baylor, Illinois, Iowa State, LSU, Marquette, Michigan, Notre Dame, Seton Hall, Texas, and Wisconsin. All right, now that is a trend that goes back decades. No team that has lost the first game of its conference tournament has ever gone on to win the NCAA tournament. All right, so, and here's the key thing I think a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people want to figure out, hey, what's that 12-5 upset this year? You win your bracket by getting the teams furthest into the bracket, meaning that you get more points for predicting the final four teams and the national championship team than picking that one 12-5 or even 15-2 upset. So the goal is how do we get as many teams to those big money slots in the bracket pool as possible? And that's what this system is all about, and we start with this very first point. And now we go to number two. All but one national champion since 2002 when Ken Palm debuted. So we have 20 years of data on this. All but one national champion since 2002 was ranked in the top 25 of both Ken Palm's offensive and defensive efficiency ratings. This year right now, that is only six teams heading into the tournament. Arizona, Auburn, Baylor, Gonzaga, Houston, and UCLA. However... Kansas, Kentucky, and Villanova are close to the point that with strong tournament runs, they would probably meet this criteria by the time we got that deep into March Madness, because obviously this this is an evolving stat because the season is not totally over. Number three, in the last 31 years, only six coaches have won it all in their first trip to the Final Four, but... One of them was just last year with Scott Drew at Baylor. So when you get teams to the Final Four, that is something you want to think about. Who are the rookie coaches? And history says, although it didn't hold last year, to fade them at that point in your bracket. Number four, 18 of the last 24 or 75% of the teams to make the Final Four were in the top 20 of Ken Palm's defensive efficiency ratings. Two other teams that made it were 21st, And 22nd, this year, that is these 16 teams, Arizona, Arkansas, Auburn, Baylor, Boise State, Creighton, Gonzaga, Houston, Iowa State, LSU, San Diego State, St. Mary's, Tennessee, Texas, Texas Tech, and UCLA. However, there are several other teams close enough that with a strong showing in the regionals could eventually meet that criteria in tournament. Those teams are Kansas, Kentucky, Illinois, Indiana, Loyola of Chicago, Seton Hall, TCU, and Villanova. Chances are very high. At least three of the four teams that will eventually make the final four are on this list right here in front of you right now. Number five. In the last six years, all 12 of the national championship game participants ranked in the top six of the offensive efficiency ratings at Bart Torvik's metrics from February 1st through the end of the conference tournaments. All 12 over the last six years. All 12. This year, that is these teams, Arizona, Duke, Gonzaga, Iowa, 
Kansas, and Kentucky. The odds are extremely high. At least one of the teams that will play in the national championship game are on this list right here. Number six, teams that rank top 25 in two-point defense and outside the top 150 in three-pointers attempted traditionally do well in the NCAA tournament until last year when none of them made the Final Four and Michigan was the only one that made the Elite Eight. All right, now why is this the case? Before I give you the teams, let me explain why this is the case. Because if you're ranking, if you're looking for things that are, are, are you know, variables. Three-point shooting is a variable. Some nights they go in, some nights they don't. I mean, unless you're playing scrubs on defense every night, so you're just getting open look after open look after open look, chances are that is just a highly volatile thing to rely upon for your scoring. All right, And, and that volatility doesn't lend well for a six-game series of one, of one and dones. All right, losing your outs. Uh, one thing that does limit variables is your two-point defense. How well you protect the rim on on easier so-called easier shots. So that's what you're looking for are teams whose fundamentals are consistent regardless of opponent or situation. Here are the teams that meet that threshold this year. Ten teams do. Arizona, Creighton, Gonzaga, Indiana, Memphis, St. Peter's, San Diego State, Seton Hall, Texas Tech, and USC. Number seven. Since Ken Palm began in 2002, less than 1% of the teams to make the Final Four ranked in the top 10 of either his offensive or defensive efficiency ratings, but then were outside the top 50 in the other. So this year, fade these eight teams from getting that far in your bracket. Davidson, Iowa, Iowa State, LSU, Purdue, San Diego State, St. Mary's, and Texas Tech. Now you may see teams show up here on multiple or even contradictory lists, like, say, Iowa. I'll explain what that means here when we get to the end. Number eight, let's look at individual rounds. Let's start now with the round of 64. 16 seeds all-time are just 1 and 144. 15 seeds all-time are just 9 and 136. Translation, advance every uh, 1 and 2 seed. Pick at least one 13 or 14 seed to win because at least one of them does about 20% of the time. 12 seeds have won at least one game 28 of the last 32 years. And nine seeds are almost exactly 500 all-time against eight seeds. When we move to the round of 32, pick all the number one seeds to advance to the Sweet 16 because they do so about nine, over, I should say, 90% of the time historically. So don't try to pick the needle in the haystack. Just do the math and advance them all. Pick at least one double-digit seed to make it to the Sweet 16 because that's happened over 90% of the time too, 34 of the last 36 years, in fact. When we get to the Sweet 16, advance exactly three number one seeds to the Elite Eight because all-time one seeds make it that far right around 75% of the time. Advance no team seeded lower than 11th because all-time only two of the 296 teams, that's a trend, only two of the 296 teams ever to make it to the Elite Eight were seeded that low. One of them, though, Oregon State last year. All right, when we get to the Elite Eight, Advance either one or two one seeds because 29 of the last 36 Final Fours had exactly that many one seeds. Advance no double digit seed to the Final Four because all time, final, all, all time since seeding began in 1979, 
Only six of the 168 Final Four teams were seeded lower than ninth. That's just 3.5%. When you get to the Final Four, advance no team seeded lower than sixth because only twice in the last 35 years has there been a national championship game with a team seeded lower than that. One seeds have squared off for the national title only nine times ever. But six of those meetings have occurred in just the last 16 years, including Gonzaga-Baylor last year. 32 of the last 33 national champions were seeded fourth or higher. So here's what this all means. No one trend should be singled out, except for maybe the very first one, that if you lose the first game of your conference tournament, you never win the national championship. So what we're looking for here are teams that check multiple boxes, to either fade or follow. So like a team like in Iowa, they show up on the Torvik trend of top six offensive efficiency, but they also show up on the trend for Ken Palm that they're in the top 10 in one and outside the top 50 in the other. I'd probably split the baby in half, have them be a second weekend team, but I wouldn't have them going any further. All right, what I'm looking for are teams like Kentucky, Kansas, Arizona, Gonzaga. Those teams kept showing up over and over again, and on the right lists, UCLA was another one, right? You're looking for teams that check multiple boxes in the same direction. I hope that helps. It's helped me greatly over the last five years. When we come back, we'll take a look at how we think Michigan might do in the NCAA tournament this year in a moment. March is officially here. The madness is underway, which means this is one of the ideal times to become one of our supporters on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. You get my daily college basketball handicapping picks, which have done very well this season. And we're going to pick every NCAA tournament game against the spread. We've done that the last two years and had a phenomenal record both of those seasons. So this is the perfect time right now to sign up to support us michigan podcast patreon.com slash michigan podcast that's patreon.com slash michigan podcast and thanks to all of you who support us year-round at patreon.com slash michigan podcast all right we're back here on this week's episode a march madness episode of michigan podcast let's talk specifically about michigan and its draw and when you're sweating it out as a Michigan fan for the last few days here after that dreadful meltdown, I mean, one of the worst face plants I've ever seen from a Michigan basketball team, maybe the worst I've seen in a postseason setting since Tommy Amaker's last game at Michigan. Michigan is in the 6-11 game of the Big Ten tournament. Amaker is finally going to make the NCAA tournament. Finally. All he's got to do and this was when it was still an 11-team league, all he's got to do is beat 11th-seeded Minnesota. And he lost. And that was his last game as Michigan's basketball coach. And that's what that meltdown against Indiana looked like. It's not that Indiana was as bad as Minnesota. They're not. If anything, the Hoosiers have underachieved under Mike Woodson in his first year. Uh, but it's the fact that you're up by 17 points at the under 12. And, and just watching that, the first time that Michigan took a punch in that game, they just, El Foldo. Uh, I mean, that was pathetic as a performance. And it, it, if you wanted to give the selection committee an excuse to not put you in, that performance will do it. But Michigan now joins Georgia as the only two teams this century to get in as an at-large selection despite being 
uh, only three games over 500. But in both cases, both Georgia and Michigan had top five overall strengths of schedule. So that's why the Wolverines get in. And they're not even in Dayton. I thought for sure we were trending to Dayton the way the weekend went on. But Michigan got in probably as the last team without uh, or with a bye. And and then I think got a very favorable draw. When you look at Colorado State, its best player is really good. He's also only about six foot seven. I, I mean, I, I don't know how they defend our front line of Hunter and Diabate. Um, I don't understand Colorado State's seeding, actually. Boise State won the Mountain West regular season and tournament. It's in an 8-9 game, and Colorado State didn't make uh, finish second to Boise in the regular season, uh, lost in the conference tournament semis, and is, uh, and is a six. I, I just I don't understand that seeding at all. Uh, I think that's a variable, very winnable game for Michigan. It also fits the trend line. I mean, win-lose, win-lose, win-lose. I mean, Devontae Jones says this has become so obvious that even the team has been joking about it recently. Well, they lost the last game, which means they're due to win this one. It's also in Indianapolis, just a stone's throw from uh, the state of Michigan, so I would expect there to to be tons of Michigan fans there like we saw uh, in the Big Ten Championship. And then if you look at the 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 second round game, likely against Tennessee, I think Tennessee is a terrific team. But, uh, you know, um, Rick Barnes is a head coach going back to when he was at Texas and now at Tennessee has a history of NCAA tournament flameouts. Number two, Tennessee is a team that is very reliant on three-point shooting for offense. Well, that's the whole linchpin of Juwan Howard's defensive philosophy is limiting three-point attempts coming from the NBA, even this year, with this easily being the worst defense that Juwan Howard has had at Michigan in his three years. Michigan's three-point defense uh, in terms of attempts allowed is still pretty good. Uh, it was you know, elite his first two seasons. So I even think that's a pretty good matchup, and I would expect a lot of Tennessee fans to make the trip north to Indianapolis for that one too. But again, uh, Michigan's contingent should be well represented in Indianapolis. Uh, when, when you end the season the way Michigan did, with such a, a, a dispiriting uh, meltdown like that against Indiana that the whole country saw because that was the first game of the day and it was the Big Ten tournament, uh, the whole country saw that. Uh, and and then you're sweating it out. You're not even sure you're going to get in. And then you find out you're in. Then you find out you don't have to go to Dayton. Then you find out you get to go to Indianapolis. Then you find out you get to play a mid-major in the opening round. I don't know. I mean, for going from preseason number six in the AP poll to 17 and 14, and, and by any standard, a disappointing season for the Wolverines. You could not have asked for a better draw if you're a Michigan fan. So uh, as we've learned with this team, it doesn't guarantee absolutely anything from a results standpoint. But they're set up, to me, I think they have the most favorable draw of all the double-digit seeds that want to continue that trend I just pointed out to you, that 34 of the last 36 years, at least one double-digit seed has made it to the Sweet 16. Well, I would imagine there haven't been too many double-digit seeds with multiple NBA players and three McDonald's All-Americans on the roster like we have. Probably haven't been too many of those. So we have that roster. We also have we also have a favorable draw. I think we have a decent shot of being the double-digit seed that ends up playing in the second weekend this year. But we shall see, and that's why they play the games. All right, let's finish it out here with this week's Twitter poll results. We asked you, does Michigan make it past the first weekend of the NCAA tournament? 62.7% of you said no, it does not. 37.3% of you said yes. Which brings us to our feedback of the week. 
Uh, this is with Josh with Hope for Michigan Sports. I like it. I don't think, though, he says, Michigan gets to the second weekend of the tournament because that would require Michigan winning two games in a row. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes you just keep the analysis pretty simple. When a team's had an 11-game streak of win-lose, 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 yeah, as we say in the betting world, man, don't mess with a streak. So... Josh's, uh, uh, you know, Josh's analysis reminds me of the classic line from Major League. They don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing. But it's pretty poignant, actually, when you watch how the Wolverines have played here uh, in the last four to six weeks of the season. So he might be right on the money. We'll find out here soon enough. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget... Like, rate, subscribe, share, follow, five-star review, whichever, however those things apply to whichever and however method you use to to watch or listen every week, whether it's right here on YouTube or listening on a podcast like on iTunes or elsewhere. Please help us to find more Michigan fans just like you. Follow us on Twitter as well in between episodes at Michigan Podcast on Twitter. Until the next time, I'm Steve Dace. Enjoy the madness and go blue. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.